Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, y'all. Seven Rounds in Heaven is back. We're brought to you by the Armchair All-Americans as a part of the Armchair Media Network. The hyped-up Week 4 lived up to its billing, sort of. It is I, Rob Paul, the Armchair Scout, a.k.a. the future commissioner of the Pac-12. And with me, as usually always, is AJ. It's time to fire Harbaugh Marchese. Would you rather live for all of eternity in a Chevrolet Real People Not Actors commercial or have your absolute perfect dream life except you're a Michigan fan? Well, I only drive Chevy, so that's an easy choice. You're a Chevy family. They're not... <laughs> They're not actors, so you got to trust them, Ralph. Today, we'll break down all of the 2020 NFL draft prospects we saw from week four of college football. Then, we'll preview and pick the extremely bland week five matchups. Let's hit it. Seven rounds in heaven with my baby. Going out to Vegas, maybe. Looking for a young or a 2-0. Don't draft a running back on the first day. Don't draft a running back on the second day. Maybe draft one on the third. Or don't. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. If you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or keep walking? Of course you'd take the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? That's why I go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. I wouldn't be telling you guys to bet with them if they weren't the best. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet this football season, bet with my bookie. Did you know you could bet on games after kickoff? If by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you can always just take the other side. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of the year. Join now and my bookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code CHAIR to activate the offer. That's promo code CHAIR, C-H-A-I-R. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. My bookie. Okay, week four superlatives. But first, of course, let's talk ESPN Game Day Celebrity Picker. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, they were in Athens, Georgia, for the Georgia-Notre Dame game. Uh, they picked Jeezy. The rapper from Georgia. Uh, what'd you think? Uh, uh, mixed feelings, Rob. Uh, I'm told Jeezy is an Atlanta trap legend. That's what I was uh, also told by our rap correspondent, Matthew McCune. 
Yeah. Uh, we need to ask him. I, I, I'm going to tell you this. The only uh, trap legend I know in Atlanta is Bobby Dodd Stadium. Oh! It's a trap game waiting to That's happen. That's an e-slapper. Uh, I, I gave Jeezy's 6.5 out of 10. Uh, yeah. A lot of his picks, like, he, he seemed to have good chemistry with Lee. That's that's like that's like the biggest thing you need. That that always gets me when like you know Lee Corso doesn't know who this person is, but him and Lee like become best friends. Yeah, like the chain smoke. Like they were joking the whole time that he was stealing Lee Corso's picks, and I loved it. So six and a <laughs> half we... out of ten is a big upgrade from last week where I gave Eric Church a zero. Um, I'll go. Uh, I'll go five and a half just out of respect to Bobby Dodd again. Okay. Uh, Week five, they're heading to Lincoln, Nebraska. That's how you know it's such a bad week that Ohio State, Nebraska, Nebra- the Nebraska team that struggled to beat Illinois, that's where game they're day's going. Frauds. They're such frauds. Uh, are we guessing who the picker is? Yeah, who you got? I don't know. I wasn't prepared for this. Me, me um, either. You buy me time while I Google celebrities from Lincoln. Uh, God, I can't even think of a... Maybe it's going to be the cast of that new show on Fox that's set in Nebraska, Rob. Oh, what's it called? Blast this what? mess? Yeah, it's gonna be Dak Shepard and Lake Bell. That's my guess. Okay, honestly, big plug. Would you be against that? No, I I love both of them. <laughs> cool with that. Um, I'm trying to think of a. Uh, I mean, if they can get Tommy it's Frazier. Gonna, yeah, it's gonna be another generic. Hillary Swanks um, from Lincoln, Nebraska. <laughs> it's gonna be another gene- generic country singer. We already know. Dick Cheney's an option. It's gonna, it's gonna be Dick for sure. <laughs> That'd be a big flex if they could get Dick Cheney. Um, oh, f- I'm sure him and Lee are boys. Joba so. Chamberlain. Yeah, Joba. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Lane Kiffin's from Lincoln. Ooh, this is this is a bad bit, but sorry, I was falling down a. a no, hold on. I, I'm googling famous Cornhusker fans, and I don't believe this list. Grant Winstrom pops into my head when I think Nebraska. I love Grant Winstrom. Uh, apparently, these, these none of these are true. First one's Bill Murray. What do you mean? Bill, me Bill Murray, the classic, known for being from the state of Illinois and a diehard Bears Cubs fan. Uh, of course, he's a and Nebraska says, guy. Says Dwayne Wade. <laughs> like do, these are Dwayne not Wade true. went to Marquette and played like is from. He's from Chicago. He's from Chicago yeah, and played basketball in Wisconsin. But uh, keep your eye on this one. Penny from the Big Bang Theory. Her character's Nebraska. I knew so, that. I uh, I was on Big Bang early and out quick. So I actually... Okay, let's... let's anyway, let's okay, on. moving on. Uh, week 4, 2020 NFL Draft Superlatives. Who's the best freshman you saw this week? Hey, uh, I'm bastardizing it right off the top. He wasn't the best freshman, but... Uh, I didn't feel like it was a strong week for freshman performances, Rob. I'll say it. Wrong. It like was a massive one on Friday night, but hey. I, uh, I'm going to Saturday evening. He was too fun for me not to mention, Rob. He wasn't the best. Spencer Sanders. No, the that's Oklahoma not a State bad choice. I, he was my second option. Yeah, no. Like Again, like statistically a great game? No. Did they, did they beat the, uh, the Longhorns? No. But he looks super interesting. And he kept it As, close. At least... He did. Like, threw two picks. One was just absolutely brutal. Um, but, yeah, kept it close. It wasn't, like, the, you know, the, there was freshman issues. It was at DKR. Like, that's a huge they game. They covered. And the, that's what's important. They did, they did cover. And the the legs, oh, yeah, what a backdoor. We got it at five and a half last week, by the way, Rob. So Yeah, I know, I know. It's nice uh, for us. 
But the seven, that sucks because I, I I know some uh, some people with the seven points. That sucks. Anyways, um, doing so much with his legs, though, just really exciting. And he looks like he's going to be a lot of fun for at least three more years. Yeah, he looked very he's dynamic. Uh, the type of quarterback we haven't really seen Mike Gundy have before. Yeah, it's kind of been the big statuesque guys. Yeah. Um, or, or like the more like Ian Buck style of... Not big arms, yeah. but can move a bit, but more of an accurate short yeah. thrower. Spencer Sanders got has more physical tools than a lot of guys who Gundy's had at Oklahoma State. No, he was definitely mm-hmm. uh, very interesting. I thought it was, yeah, I know the two picks, not great, but I thought it was a surprisingly impressive performance for such a young passer on the road against Texas. I 100% agree, and like I said, at the very least, he looks like he's going to be super fun. Uh, my guy, though, Friday night... USC Utah, obviously USC upset Utah. The yep. the team some people picked for the playoff. Good on you. Twelve's in trouble. Uh, yeah. But the I, th- I thought the USC defensive line really uh, kind of took over that game for them. And freshman mm-hmm. Drake Jackson, uh, freshman defensive end, he looked great. Uh, I'll mention another guy from that D line in a little bit. But he, I didn't know much about him. 6'5", I think 275, uh, had eight tackles and a sack, looked great against the mm-hmm. run, was giving the Utah tackles hell, long and explosive. I thought he was really interesting, and I got to watch kind of down the line. Uh, I saw some hype for him. Uh, from Like, he's way better than Christian Rector is right now. <laughs> so. Uh, and, and, and like, it's just, the, yeah, the, the size and athleticism for an 18-year-old mm-hmm. and to show up against a team like... I know Utah doesn't have the most talent, but they're always well-coached, and they always play physical football, and he looked really good against the Rams. For sure. For sure. Uh, okay. Best sophomore you saw? I stayed in the same game. I uh, I like what I saw from the Texas back, Rob. Keontae Ingram. He's kind of flashed a bit uh, every uh, so often since, like, last year when he was a freshman. Yeah, he did. Six, six foot, 220-ish, built really well. Uh, for that size, good burst. Had a, I mean, it's it's the Big Twelve. It's easy to run there, but <laughs> had a good game. Lots of lots of bigger holes, but still, um, good contact balance, like shedding tackles. I uh, I thought he was interesting. Okay, I I wrote down three. I'm surprised you didn't hit one of them. LSU wide receiver Jamar Chase, who went mm-hmm. for 229 yards and four touchdowns against Vandy. Um, <laughs> yeah. First 200 yard receiver at LSU since Odell Beckham. Uh, single or yeah, single game SEC record for touchdowns with four. Uh, he looked awesome, and it wasn't even mm-hmm. just like um, burning speed or anything like that. He beat he beat them with explosiveness downfield, but his ability as a yak player really showed off. He helped Joe Burrow put up insane numbers. Yeah. This is an impressive group of pass catchers at LSU, and I thought he is definitely a dude to watch for next year. Um. Good size too. He's like six foot two hundred, really yep. smooth. Uh, no, he to me was looking like an NFL future NFLer uh, against Vanderbilt. Um, <clears throat> and you're already calling LSU beating Alabama this year. Correct. I'm all in on LSU, baby. Uh, Go Tigers. Two more guys. Um, Auburn receiver Anthony Schwartz. Yeah, who, it crossed my mind for sure. Yeah, him and Ruggs are the Henry Ruggs are the two fast players in college football, probably. Yeah, that yeah. the speed was Schwartz crazy. Yeah, Schwartz started off with a bang against AM. Uh he mm-hmm. he took a reverse, I think fifty one yards for a touchdown. Just the speed was insane. He's a he's a track guy too. 
87 total yards on three touches. Um, but a guy I didn't know a whole lot about going into the USC-Utah game is the USC safety. Talano Hofanga. Um, he had 14 tackles, uh, one and a half TFLs, and a half a sack. This dude is, uh, I don't know, 6'1", 215, blowing up everything in front of him. Super physical, strong safety. They compare him to Troy Polamalu at the USC program. Um, of course. he No, he is a dude to watch. I thought he was great. He was a starter as a freshman last year. He got banged up, I believe, uh, in summer camp and kind of slow start to the year. But he leads the mm-hmm. team in tackles already. He, he uh, just the classic box safety. But a bit of a chess yeah. piece for them. The USC defense has players on it. Not at linebacker, but between the defensive line and, and secondary. They're interesting. It's about, it's um, about time, Ralph. Okay, moving to weekday warrior, my favorite thing, because gives me a, a reason to watch college football on Friday nights and not do fun things. So who you got? There's only there's only one choice for weekday warrior, Ralph. I know you just mentioned like six guys from the USC game, but it's got to be Jalen McCleskey <laughs> with the big game winner over Houston, Rob. Yeah, uh, you can't choose otherwise. He, you can't choose otherwise. He's, I'm sorry. Well, he isn't even one of my three guys, but I got him somewhere later, so it's okay. <laughs> um, you got to pay some respect. Uh, four catches, 120, two touchdowns, obviously the game winner. Fumbled, but it's okay. What a play that was. What a game that Interesting was. Interesting guy, too, because he was at Oklahoma State. Yeah. And he looked like last year he was going to take over as the go-to guy. And after four games, he, he used out. the red shirt rule to get out, yeah. go to Tulane, where his dad is the – I can't remember. His dad's the secondary coach or the running back coach or something. Uh, mm-hmm. Gets to Tulane, and obviously he's kind of their go-to weapon on offense. A, a guy who's got NFL potential for sure, too, because he's a really smooth route runner. I, I think we both kind of liked him when he was a yeah, junior so at Oklahoma State. Yeah, yep, kind of for sure. Like late, late round pick, but like still. Yeah, he's got that slot style to him. Uh, yep. But yeah, definitely a huge play. Uh, I wrote down three different guys from the Utah USC game because I was so invested in it. Um, first, I'll start with uh, from the losing side. Lucky Fotu, their nose tackle, six mm-hmm. four, three hundred thirty pounds. Damn impressive quickness for a man of that size. Uh, he knocked out their starting quarterback. Uh, yeah, <laughs> pretty much immediately by accident. Yeah, what was it? What was it the second snap? Yeah, um, and the NFL is. I think the NFL understands not to well, other than Dave Gettleman, not to <laughs> overdraft Gettleman. nose tackles because yeah. of what they bring to the table isn't worth a first round pick. But Fotu looks like a guy who can go day two, plug in instantly, and be a wrecker in the run game. And he, because of his size and athleticism. He, he can add a bit of pass rush, I think. Uh, and, and you saw that in this game. Um, but just an absolute he, space eater. He probably could have been a good choice for prospect and made me look stupid because I was was not really impressed with uh, him in the summer. Uh, I'm just I'm just so down on those tackles, Rob. I'm sorry. I, I No, I feel the same way. I wasn't super in on him uh, either in mm-hmm. the summer. But he, he mm-hmm. looks even better this year. So uh, yeah. Two more guys from the winning side of the game. Michael Pittman Jr. had a huge game. Utah, I don't know what was going on defensively with Utah, but obviously USC is this air raid passing team now, and their third string QB, Matt Fink, comes in, and they're just used, they have such a size advantage at receiver, they're just throwing up deep, uh, deep balls to, to these, uh, 
to Tyler Vaughn to Michael Pittman and just Pittman, blowing yeah. away Utah and, and Pittman have ten catches for two hundred and thirty two yards and touchdown. They just none of their corners could handle his size or athleticism down the field. He he's a height weight speed guy, but like he looks like he's made a significant stride from last year to this year already. You know you know what he actually like the first week or two he didn't show up much and uh over the past two weeks, he's taken a big leap. So I like that because I, I liked what I saw from him in the summer. Um, like you said, high weight speed, uh, go up and get in. Like again, it's kind of a slow start to the year, but the last two weeks exploded. So yeah, and they kept trying to play uh, like man coverage on this guy, and it just mm-hmm. like because of the size differential, it wouldn't. They couldn't stop him, and they just didn't know what to do. And it was a bad defensive game plan from Utah. It was one of my main takeaways. One more guy. Uh, USC's nose tackle, Jay Tufele, I, th- I think is how you pronounce it. Um, redshirt sophomore. He only had two tackles, but he is a gamer. Like, he is... The amount of power he brings to the table and just commanding double teams, and because he's eating space up, other people are able to make plays. Like, Utah put up some rushing yards because that's what Utah's going to do. But Tefele was making tons of plays. He is a guy I think is really going to shoot up the board as we go forward. Mm-hmm. I know Ben Fennel uh, on Twitter has been hyping him for a couple of weeks, and I hadn't really gotten into him. And then I watched a USC game, and he was popping nonstop. Uh, anyway, uh, can't wait for these uh, this uh, upcoming week's weekday games. Cal, Arizona State on Friday night. Yes, wow. please. Maryland, Penn State on a Friday night. Yes, please. Uh, okay. Remember when that game looked good like a week ago? What? Maryland. Remember when Maryland Penn State looked good yeah. like a week ago? Uh, who's the best prospect you saw in week four? Uh, I had to change it up from the Tua's and Chase Young's. Or I didn't have to, but I wanted to. Jerry Judy's. Uh, I went with a guy who played an actual opponent at SEC game. I went with Derek Brown, who had a pretty good game against Texas a Pretty good? He dominated nonstop. Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> had two sacks. Uh, like I said, best like you said, yeah, dominating nonstop. Uh, so I got to give him the tip of the hat because he actually played a team. Uh, yeah, no, he his power and length. He for a six mm-hmm. foot four, three hundred and twenty pound man, he moves incredibly. And yeah, he apparently yeah. has like eighty three inch arms. He almost had an interception. I I was blown away by Derek Brown. I went with a different SEC player. Uh, Georgia left tackle Andrew Thomas, who's mm-hmm. a guy obviously we've been talking about as a potential offensive tackle one in this class. And he showed up against Notre Dame. Notre Dame, who's got potentially three draftable edge players in Julian Aquara, um, uh, Dalen Hayes, and uh, Khalid Kareem. And uh, he just shut them down. And some of the stuff he was doing in the run game was blowing me away because I think he's more known for his pass protection upside, but he was just blowing people out of the water. And there's some talented players on that Notre Dame defense. And... He looked like a consensus top five pick after that game. Yeah, I was about to say, with the, with the start of a season, it seems like he's locked himself. Well, not locked himself, but, you know, put himself in that top five, top ten. Easy. Yeah, uh, and uh, because I can't not mention Chase Young, Chase Young. I mean, yeah. it was against Miami of Ohio, but it's like every week just dominating. Picked up two more sacks. I think he has seven sacks through four yeah, games. Now. Tied for the... Tied for the league yeah. in the nation, yeah. He's been dominant. He's the best player in the country, I think. I I don't think he'll 
be toppable in terms of number one player on most big boards. Uh, he he his ability from last year to this year as a pass rusher has gone up somehow, and yeah, like I know he's drawing some Miles Garrett esque comparisons at this point. And like I compared mm-hmm. him to Clowney before the year, and I think he's a better overall pass rusher right now than Clowney was at this point. Um, so we'll see how far he goes. I'm excited to see what he does against Nebraska and Adrian Martinez. Right now, it feels like he's not going to slip past two, right? I mean, depending on how the draft order falls. Well, I would say he would because I think a quarterback goes one and two. Do you think uh, this is a, this is a lot a lot of conversation to have over the next whatever eight months? If, if, so. the, if the Dolphins and Bengals are one and two, I don't think Chase Young is one of those picks. Mm-hmm. Was it? There's seven winless teams in the NFL right now, which is kind of crazy. Uh, okay, shooting up the board for you. Uh, I went with the guy that you were higher on in the summer than me, and you're right. I think uh, Tyler Wallace, Oklahoma State. Uh, I think it was like in the fourth range. You're in the. Did you have a second on him? Yeah. Rob? See, yeah, like I, I, th- so. I like him more than Colin Johnson, the Texas receiver. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, looked really and looked better than Colin Johnson did in that game. Uh, just toasting guys off the line, the route running, and then the contested catch stuff. Like, didn't have a monster game. It was five catch for 83 yards, but obviously really solid game. And, like, just all the pieces that he showed were, uh, were really impressive. Just for context, Colin Johnson did not play in that game. Oh, yeah. That's why he didn't look good. Uh, but, yeah, Wallace made an incredible <laughs> grab down the sideline early. They didn't. Yeah. They struggled to get the ball to him consistently, but he has been blowing it away this year. His, yeah, yeah, the contested sure. catch ability and body control at that size is impressive. Yeah. Um, he's also a really nice right runner. Uh, a couple names. Yeah. Uh, we already talked about Derek Brown a little bit, but, I mean, him and Raekwon Davis is going to be a battle for the – actually, you know what? I think it's it, it went from a two-man battle between Davis and Brown for the top uh, interior defensive lineman in the class to a three-man battle. Put Marvin Wil- Wilson's name in that uh, trio. Interesting. He okay. has been freaking right. awesome. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess he's shooting up the board too, but yeah, uh, Kinlaw's done well too, but not to that extent. H- yeah. Him and Derek Brown, um, uh, Jacob Eason is the guy mm-hmm. everyone's buzzing about. Uh, he w- made some mind-boggling throws against BYU. Uh, they they kind of killed the BYU underdog vibe quickly. Um, he threw for two ninety and three scores. He. Like, the arm talent we all knew about, but now he's starting to make some impressive ball placement throws. Uh, There was one touchdown where he got outside of the pocket and had to, like, contort at a weird angle off base and made an incredible touchdown pass. Um, Jacob Eason is thick in the first-round hype, I I believe. Uh, I know we all wanted to buy into that before the season, but, like, fully couldn't because we hadn't seen him play in two years. But, no, Jacob Eason looks like the real deal. I want to see him against uh, a a better team but BYU is a well-coached team and they've looked good against uh some other opponent I mean they upset USC and USC upset Utah so um but the, eats itself, the yeah. physical tools that Easton brings to the table are in- mm-hmm. incredible uh also sure. Joe Burrow is in that conversation too still shooting up yeah. the board what he did against Vanderbilt Joe Burrow looks like a completely different quarterback this year uh, absolutely absolutely um I, I didn't see it at all. Oh, okay. Year. I watched the entire game because I love Joe Burrow. Um, no, no, I, I I didn't see any. Yeah, no, no, I know it looks totally different. I just mean I've in the past the flash the little bit we saw, bro. I didn't see it at all. Is what oh, okay. The potential, yeah. yeah. Um, no, he like some of the ball placement. 
uh, the outside throws. He's a really aggressive mm-hmm. passer. Um, but he, he makes incredible tight window throws. Doesn't really turn the ball over. I know it was Vanderbilt, but still, I mean, it's an SEC team. Um, and, and just quick reads right in, in the correct reads. Really, uh, he... I, I'm not going to say he's going to be in the first-round combo come April, but it seems to be trending that way. And he's already, like, he's obviously thick in the Heisman race. I'm, he's, like, consensus top three, I would say. And uh, he's already kind of had his Heisman moment with the performance against Texas. Yeah, that's kind of true. Um, you, you'll get the bit Bama performance, though, right, Rob? Um, see, last year for me, he just felt so game-managey, but I, I guess it that makes sense. It was part of the offense, first... and, yeah, first year he came over yeah. late. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't know. I'm all in on him. He's very fun. Like he's he's already thrown more touchdowns this year than he did all of last yeah. year, and his yards of attempt was like 7.6 last year. He's at 12.3 right now. I'll throw in another quarterback, Justin Herbert against Stanford. It is hard at times to watch the Oregon offensive play calling and these receivers who just don't know how to get open. But uh, Herbert managed to beat Stanford, threw for 259, three scores. Um, they kind of. They run so many little screens, but he he had a yeah. couple throws. He he had a back shoulder touchdown pass to Jacob Breland. That was mm-hmm. a damn impressive throw. Uh, it's it's still with him. It's like these crazy flashes where you're like, oh my god, and you're mouth watering over it. And there's like such a lull uh, of consistency even within the game with him. And part of yeah, that again, no, sure. bad receivers and bad play calling. Where it's like, or the, not even bad play calling, but play calling because the receivers are bad. Where it's just like yeah. bubble screen after bubble screen and just uh, zone run, zone run, zone run, bubble screen. Then eventually we'll yeah. throw one more than 10 yards. But obviously. It's, it's almost like he just can't get into a proper yes, passing yes. rhythm. Uh, hopefully, Juwan Johnson gets healthy soon so we can see that connection. But. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, this is, uh, it's an interesting, like, would you be surprised if Jacob Eason ends up going before Justin Herbert? That's a big question right now. I, see, I was, I was about to ask you, I'm like, in, at, like, postseason, like, the draft process, is it going to hurt Herbert or help him? I'm not really sure, because obviously he's going to look good in shorts and test really well, but. Justin Herbert seems like the type of quarterback that, you know, Daniel Jones and Josh Allen are a good example of this too where it's like mm-hmm. the common like just the college football fan are like why is this guy even getting draft hype because he wasn't yeah. that good when we watched him in college but he's getting the hype because of the physical tools and the flashes obviously mm-hmm. and it feels like Justin Herbert's going to be that guy this year I, I I agree, but maybe it's because I, I have the opposite like the opposite thoughts. Just because we've been in on Herbert for so long that I'm afraid that he's going to be one of those guys that like, you know, was quickly anointed or like intrigued and then gets picked apart later in the process. But no, I I, I lean the way you think that he's just going to look really good through all the pre-draft stuff. And I think Jacob Easton's going to go the other way. He or not the other way, but it's like obviously he has all the physical tools in terms of arm talent and size. Mm-hmm. And he's just getting better and better and starting to get more comfortable in this Washington thing. I think he's going to yeah. keep on rising. It's a really, really fun, interesting quarterback class. I mean, we haven't talked about Jordan Love in a while because he hasn't been playing in major games. But, like, yeah. it's uh, like Tua, Eason, Herbert, Burroughs now in it, From Love. And I'm sure there will be Jalen Hurts truthers. And, like, obviously we need to see more of him and see him on a bigger stage and yeah. whatnot. But, again, those are, to me right now, those are the seven quarterbacks that – I'm not saying like Hurts 
is a first-round guy or anything, or Burrow is a first-round guy at this point, but those are the seven QBs that are definitely the most interesting and the ones I think teams should be looking at the hardest right now. Like, I'm... After that, I think it's like KJ Costello's having such a poor time at Stanford, yeah, and, and dealing with so many injuries that I think he should go back and probably could go back and will go back. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's a, a like Nate Stanley, I'm not into. Bryce Perkins had a really up and down year. Brian Lewerke, same deal. I think those seven are really the guys to be paying attention to going forward. Yeah, none of those like uh, sneaky guys like that could break out. None of them really went that way, other than like you know Burrow. Yeah, Burrow's kind like of the Lewerke one guy who who did do it. You're right. Exactly, like the work he didn't do it. Cole McDonald didn't have the start. To, like you know, he's looked like Cole McDonald. Derek, like, Derek King's redshirting and going yeah. back to Houston. I thought it was yeah, smart exactly. actually. Big, That's interesting. Clever use of the redshirt rule. Uh, two more guys shooting up the board. Georgia safety J.R. Reed. Uh, I thought he was probably Notre or the best defensive player against Notre Dame. He uh, yeah. had a pick, had three pass breakups. Should have had more picks, but uh, dropped a couple. Um, just the range and ball skills he showed, uh, instinct and coverage. He looked awesome. Uh, and then Joe Bocci. That dude is just doing everything for Michigan State. Uh, against Northwestern, 14 tackles, two TFLs, a sack, a pick, two pass breakups. Just He fits the mold of the Big Ten linebacker who might lack some athleticism, but the instincts and the physicality are definitely going to make us have higher than we should on our big boards. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Sliding down the board for you? I, I went with the kind that you, you already mentioned, actually. Uh, Notre Dame's edge rusher, Julian Nakora. I know it was Andrew Thomas this week. But, hey, uh, hey. So that's, just yeah. sorry. It, like, it, they move him around, too. So it wasn't just because it was Andrew Thomas, you know? Exactly. Yeah, no, for sure. And he just he hasn't shown up in the other games, in my opinion, either. I'm, I'm, I wasn't as high on him. Like, I don't have him as one of my top ten edge rushers right now. Yeah. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, I like, but at the same time, I've seen like first round hype. It's kind of all over. Like yeah. I, he's got a great motor and athleticism, but it just hasn't to mm-hmm. me not all put together. And then yeah, he was kind of disappearing for stretches in that Georgia game. I think he did pick up a sack, but it's kind of like the only thing he did. Um, mm-hmm. and, and he's gonna be very system dependent because he's six four two forty. Yeah, he's yeah he's a bit of a tweener for sure. Um, who do you have sliding down the board? I, I'll, I'll stick at Notre Dame. Their left tackle, Liam Eichenberg, I thought had a really, oh, really yeah. tough time against Georgia. He, um, he, he did, for sure. And like, just even ignoring actual play, just penalties. Penalties, he had four or yeah, five penalties. Like a, like a stupid amount of penalties, It was, yeah. it was pretty wild. I, hadn't, I don't think I've ever seen an offensive lineman, especially a high-caliber offensive lineman, take that many penalties in a single game. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, that was weird. And like you said, he, without play, on like his actual play wasn't. It, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, then you throw in the play, and he was struggling a ton in pass protection. His footwork yeah. looked wonky and messy. Um, he and he, He's a guy who's definitely in the top five offensive tackle conversation. Uh, but mm-hmm. I don't know. The, the athleticism that. and the footwork and pass protection are going to definitely raise questions about ability to play left tackle in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, I got two more names. Nick Coe again. Yeah. Against yeah. Oregon, somewhat benefit of the doubt because Derek Brown didn't look that great in that game either. Jake Hansen gave him hell yeah. all game. but And that's a really strong offensive line in Oregon, obviously. Yeah. Against Texas A&M, Derek Brown was the best player on the field, and Nick Coe like, didn't really didn't show up much. do anything. Yeah. And it's uh, he 
he just disappears for major stretches. Um, I'm, and again, like I, I don't think he's a terrible player or anything. I just there's like first round talk about him, and I get size and athleticism and everything, but he's not showing much on the field. It, it, it feels like one of those guys is just like it's first round talk for a while, but it's not real. You know what I mean? And then, and then he ends up going in the back end of the first round. And he's Taco Charlton. At best, yeah. Not talk about best, but the end of the first, yeah, exactly. Um, and one more guy, not his fault, but Utah running back Zach Moss uh, got yeah. injured. Obviously, last year he hurt his knee, uh, missed like the end of the Utah season, went back to school uh, against USC. He uh, he he got hurt early, uh, a shoulder injury, and he's gonna be out the next couple of weeks, which sucks because he's looked really good. I love his contact balance and his twitchiness. Um, mm-hmm. But he, he he had looked really good to start the year, like you said. Yeah, hard to hard to like want to draft a, a running back who's injury prone in college too early, you know. So especially lots of tread on Zach Moss. Too. Yeah, yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah, so sliding on the board not because of play, but just because of injury history yeah. out of that position. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, out of nowhere prospect. Uh, I went back to the Notre Dame Georgia game. <laughs> the Notre Dame tight end. Yeah, Cole Komet. Cole. Yeah, this is the guy. Cole Komet. This is the guy everybody probably in the world will put down for this right now. Yeah, first game of the year. Uh, only had 15 grabs for 162 yards coming in to, uh, this Saturday. Then had nine catches, 108, and a touchdown. And was maybe the best or one of the best offensive players in Notre Dame. 6'5, 250. Yeah. Uh, it's Notre Dame. in line. <laughs> He's coming from Notre yeah. Dame, who produces tight ends. Looks super athletic, making plays downfield. Uh, yeah. I knew who he was going into the game. That's not a flex. This is a flex for Dane Brugler, who wrote about him <laughs> before the game, saying, watch this guy. This is uh, his first game of the year. He got hurt in August. He's returning. This is a top five tight end in this class. And, like, the guy's barely played, and in, 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 uh, Brugler wrote <laughs> like, that. And yeah. then, like, he lived up to it. So I thought that was You know, I, I think... I'm just going to say that for every Notre Dame tight end. Just like like two out of three are going to stick, right? Yeah. And then the, the other one's going to be Elise Mack and still get drafted. Exactly. But yeah, Cole Clement, especially in a very wide open tight end class where Jared Pinkney was kind of the, I don't know if consensus tight end one, but definitely top two. And he's mm-hmm. been up and down so far this year. And seeing a guy like Cole Clement, who's a younger guy with size and athleticism at a program like Notre Dame, I'm very excited yeah. to keep watching him. And it gives you somebody yeah. to pay attention to uh, on Notre Dame, which is always fun. Because they'll be on, on the TV offense. a lot. Yeah. Uh, I also put down Zach Bond. He gave Michigan hell. The Wisconsin hybrid. Wisconsin always has a yeah. hybrid edge linebacker who always hustles everybody and yeah. is just blowing up people. And that was Zach Bond against Michigan. They did not know how... To stop him, he's he's just like beating them with like they just running bond on stunts all day. And Michigan's offensive line looked horrendous, and uh, he looked terrific. And uh, high energy player who's gonna be like beloved by coaches and then go in like the fifth round and start for the Dolphins with uh, Vince Beagle and uh, Andrew Van Ginkle. Yeah, probably. Uh, okay, <laughs> what prospect made you look stupid this week? Uh, you already mentioned this guy, but I, I just want to give um, shout him up because he looks so good and I want to find a place to fit him in. Jerry Reed, like you said, from Georgia, just had a hell of a game. Uh, interception, what what a play that was on that INT to basically seal it. Um, 
Should look good all around. I thought LeCount looked very good too for the Bulldogs. Yeah, well, they're they're considered like the one of the best, if not the best, safety duos in college football. Mm-hmm. I know. It's been a couple years now, hyped, and I, I just watching Georgia games the last couple years. Well, in your defense, too. J.R. Reed looked, I thought, better as a sophomore than he did as a junior. Mm-hmm. Um, he was yeah. a little inconsistent in coverage last season, and I think that's part of the reason he returned for his senior year at Georgia. And obviously, yeah. he's looking better than ever in coverage. Yeah, uh, but yeah, he he was phenomenal in that game. Yeah, look out too. Um, so yeah, I'm, those are my two. Okay, I got I got two for you. One is not that he necessarily maybe looks stupid, but maybe I wasn't high enough on him. Wisconsin running back Jonathan Taylor. Like I had him as a, <laughs> yeah. a like a top fifty player. Yeah. But I, I like at no point considered him to potentially be the number two running back in the class, which I think he is potentially. Yeah. You know what's funny? Just for shits to be to be a salty Michigan fan, I put Taylor as my overhyped guy. <laughs> just because, just like, he's obviously very, very He's not good. been overhyped, though. He's not been, like, a guy who's been a mock draft in the top 20 or anything. No, you're right. But it seemed like just after this performance, suddenly everyone's acting like he's been running back one the whole time. No, most people still say DeAndre Swift. Big media. It's been oh, kind well, of Well, yeah, weird. he's, like, the most productive back in college football history. I don't think... Uh, I think that's I a bad pick for overhyped. I just had to be a salty Michigan fan. That's all I did. Um, Anyways, he looked, he's obviously looked really good. Yeah. But yeah, I was low on him too. Two, 200 yards against Michigan ripped yeah. off a huge... Just the athleticism at that size. Like I don't think mm-hmm. he's a generational running back or anything. Um, but... He, we both had our issues with he, him. He is a physical runner with that type of speed is scary. Yeah. I, I mean... I comped him to Fred Taylor before the season. I think he's going to be a Pro Bowl running back. I just wouldn't... There's not any running back would ever justify taking the first round. Um, yeah. And I just... My issues with him came with passing him ability, and that's kind of what makes Swift and him different, is I think Swift can be a really high-end pass catcher in the NFL at running back. And Jonathan mm-hmm. Taylor's looking better at that this year, but he's still struggling in pass protection. He looks like he's overcome the, the fumbling issues, but... Yeah. Uh, no, he he was obviously awesome against Michigan. Top for me, I had some. Yes, yeah, sorry, sorry, Rob. Uh, for me, I, I had issues with him like trying to do too much at times and getting caught behind the line, and like creating for himself sometimes. And like that's left already better this year. So, uh, one more guy for me is Texas receiver Devin Duvernay. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, twelve for one hundred eight uh, against Oklahoma State. Yeah. I, I, I was lower on him, um, partially because I thought he was more of a bit player where get the ball in his hands yeah, and he's going to make plays as a yak guy or he's got some explosiveness downfield. I didn't respect or realize enough what he can do as an overall route runner and he's starting to look like a potential Debo Samuel-esque receiver this year. With just He looks like a running back after the catch, um, yeah. but he, like potentially more explosive than Debo. Uh, just straight line speed wise, um, yeah. because uh, he just looks faster, and then he looks like a much better route runner this year than he did last year. Uh, how long were you on him in the summer? Like late, late UDFA. Like I was not in on him. Oh, wow! Yeah, I I liked him. A, like I wasn't that in on him. I had a six round on him, but oh, like okay, that's like the same. Late, late to yeah, UDFA. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, but yeah, no, yeah. he he's looks. I mean, he looks better than Colin Johnson. Looks like a guy who's just gonna fall off the map. 
Yeah. Where I was pretty high on Cole Johnson, so. Good luck, friend. Uh, best prospect, best prospect matchup? Uh, I wanted to mention Justin Herbert, so I want him versus Paulson Adebo, and we talked about the Herbert already. Um, like, he, like, the flashes were there again, but, like, the, like you said, bubble screens and the receivers just don't do a lot for him. It's, it's going to be weird for, I don't know, man. Yeah, he's, he's still funny. I want to see him put it all together. It's so fresh. Well, I hope he's at the Senior Bowl. Yeah, I do too. I do too. And, I mean, Adebo's, a I still think he's going to be a first-round pick, so. Well, yeah. Um, the the <laughs> Senior Bowl quarterback class could be really, really interesting with, I mean, we, we say things like this every year and then, like, half the guys don't go, but don't if go, we could yeah, get no. Justin Herbert, uh, I know Jordan Love can be eligible for it. Um, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, like that's already an insane group. See, I, I expect three or four of those guys to go, like for sure. Three of four. Yeah. So we said. Yep. 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 I don't know because uh, we uh, we've seen in the past guys just not go like last year and the year before. Okay, well I, you're right. I know. I'm gonna get my Jacob hopes Eason up. Will be graduated in time if he decides to go pro. That's interesting. But. Uh, but like I like I, if Hertz gets invited, I don't see him turning up. I that think chance, Burrow right? and Hertz are locks. Me too. Yeah, yeah. And I, if Love can pull it off, I think he's not going to say no either. Honestly, it, so uh, it it would look really bad if Herbert did say no. Maybe we get all four. I, but now you're getting my hopes up. And then we'll, I know. I'm sorry. I, the, I should. Then guaranteed, what Nathan Stanley's there and like yeah, yeah, Brian Lewerke. Montez, yeah, I know. Blue Ricky <laughs> Anyways. Uh yeah. Um Mine was Austin Jackson versus Bradley and I uh, or an mm-hmm. Uh the USC left tackle versus the Utah Edge. Austin Jackson looked incredible for about the first three quarters of this game, and then late kind of really started losing an A. Uh who picked up a sack. Um Austin Jackson though has the tools that NFL's gonna love. It's like 6'5", 300, moves really smooth in his pass sets. Uh, and then Nay's like high motor, physical edge yeah. rusher. Uh, but no, definitely a really fun matchup. I really like that USC-Utah game, but then again, I just love Pac-12 football. <laughs> it's bad. Yeah, well, get ready for... Uh, like I, I've got like... We have very few categories left to talk, and I've already got, what, four more Utah-USC <laughs> players to talk about. Uh, anyway... Prospect who played the box score. Uh, I went with a guy. I don't know if we've mentioned yet on the sh- on a in season podcast. Um, had a really poor box score. Only had two catches for two yards and a rush of twenty nine. Had a good punt return though. Uh, Jalen Rieger, TCU. He was open a lot. That's the issue. That's TCU. why we haven't been talking about him. Is he? I know. Every time I watch TCU, like he's open and the quarterback just doesn't know how to throw. I know for sure. Like they, like, like I, there was I, th- I think I counted like three touchdowns that he should have had. I swear. Um, SMU big upset by the way, go Stangs. But well, uh, you're in on yeah, that just game. I was. I watched it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, no Rieger, just a lot left on the field. Not because of him, yeah, because of that the was the same play. thing. Um, I know they beat Purdue, but it was the same thing. Yeah, running backs look good again, Anderson. Yeah, um, that's like all, all they do is Siwo C- and Anderson all day. Um, yeah, because they can't throw the ball. Um, by the way, Xavier Jones, my UDFA guy that's going to be UDFA that I think could be a back. Ooh. I still like him. Uh, 
Okay, I got three guys. I already mentioned two of them from the Utah USC game. Jay Tufele and Lucky Foto. If you want a nose tackle, just go to the Pac-12 and pick one of these boys. Both just yeah. massive space eaters. Uh, no, they, they were, I don't know. I wouldn't take a nose tackle in the first round, but like a guy who can affect the run like that on day two, yes, please. Uh, and then the cheap move is always to pick an offensive lineman for this. Tyler Beatties, the Wisconsin center. We haven't talked about him much this year. It's true. Um, yeah, he he looked really good against Michigan. Their whole offensive line did. They were just moving people. Uh, Beatties made the key block for the huge Jonathan Taylor touchdown run. Uh, mm-hmm. He's going to be a, a, a lock to go in the first round. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Prospect. Question is, how high does he go? Sorry to jump on your Yeah, well, I mean, right. Garrett Bradbury went 18th. I think BDs will go higher. Uh, yeah, I think so, too. Uh, prospect, he's being overhyped. Like I said, I had Taylor here. Um, let me think of someone Shooter. else. Do you want me to talk what you think? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I, I went with, again, from the Utah-USC game. Uh, the Utah corner, Jalen Johnson, I know there's been some I, top corner hype for him, some potential first-round yeah. hype. He really struggled against Michael Pittman and Tyler Bonds, actually. Um, gave up a touchdown early to Bonds. Uh, I like Jalen Johnson, but I'm not there as like a top 50 prospect. I think there's a lot of yeah. traits there with his um, athleticism and length. He's really smooth, but just especially in such a strong corner class... Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, like, this isn't the guy I'd be pounding the table for as a top five corner in the class yeah. that's got all these other studs. That That's a good pick. I, I agree with that one. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, do you have anyone else? Uh, no, I only, it was a hard week, actually, to find, uh, for me, at least, to find some overhyped guys. No, I, I agree, except for... Because you don't, <laughs> you don't want to keep going back to the same guys, even though... Like, yeah, like, I can't say... Yeah, I can't see Jake from. Hey, let me mention this. Shea Patterson stock, absolutely dead now. Yeah. Can't wait till he's a senior bowl quarterback, though. He probably will be. Like, if, if <sighs> there, There's a world where that could happen. Um, hopefully he's at the NFL PA Bowl, though. We going this year, probably. by the way? Yeah, we're going. To the trap? You'll love it. No, that that's East West Shrine game. The oh, that's Shrine game. Where's bowl, the, like, oh, yeah. It's, it's at I the Coliseum or game. something. Yeah, it's <laughs> how many people go to that? Uh, like ten. Yeah. Um, I, I could probably get invited to be honest. Probably. I mean. Okay. There was there was they always have like six Canadians there too, which I respect. But do you think I could fake my way into being like a Canadian safety prospect? Could this be like a? I don't know. Think about how long know. my if hair was... is. I got. I'm covered in tattoos. I'm like what five eleven one ninety five. Like I look. <laughs> I look like an unathletic white safety from north of the border. Okay, maybe we should try. We'll, we'll try to sneak. Twenty years ago, I would say yes, you would be at the NFL PA Bowl. Um, today, I don't know, but we'll try. Okay. Or uh, I could take up long snapping. <laughs> you could. It's hard though. I know, but it's never too late to get into the game. Anyway, I don't know. You do love special teams, I do. so. A uh, small school guy who caught your eye. Uh, <laughs> I went back to uh. I don't know if we, we mentioned him this year. I can't remember. Uh, Antonio Gandy Golden, who deserves to be mentioned because sure he is currently leading him this year. But yeah, I, I don't care. I want to talk Good. about him again. He's leading the nation in receiving yards, Robert. Yeah, you know what's happening. You know how like kind of on draft Twitter, um, like we were all in pretty early. I think charge led by Carter Donick, uh, mm-hmm. who's now part of TDN. Um, but congratulations. 
I think, like, Draft Twitter was, like, pretty in on him, but then, like, general big draft media, like, didn't think anything of him, and now it's starting to yep. come for him. Like, I even saw, like, Matt Miller say his stock's up. So Good. Uh, <laughs> had 181 yards and two touchdowns and only four catches against Hampton. Go Pirates, Hey, DeAndre baby. Francois is on that team. That's power five down. There is. That is. You're not wrong. Uh, yeah, but Gandy Golden is just a contested catch monster. That's a guy I'd love to see at the senior bowl. Yeah, for, oh, absolutely. Oh, I, I really hope We're he's getting there. getting too excited. Hey, for, you want to hear Francois' uh, stat line against Liberty? Yeah. 19 for 25, two, 288, uh, three touchdowns in the pick. Not Sounds bad. Sounds like NFLPA bowl numbers. Yeah, they <laughs> Hampton had a receiver go off that's six four one ninety two. Right in his day. That's right. interesting. I'll give you his name. It's Judacus Bonds. That's a good name. Jadicus? That's a strong name. Eight catches, one hundred forty four yards, two TDs. Oh, yeah, go Pirates. Get us some tape. Uh, my small school guy, I got two, but you mentioned one already. Jalen McCluskey, the two lane receiver. Um, <laughs> senior bowl guy, maybe. Oh, maybe, yeah. I mean, this wide receiver like class that. is really interesting, but a lot of the top dudes are juniors, so it could be a really fun group of seniors at the Senior Bowl. Um, yeah, no, that's interesting. Uh, at minimum, NFL PA Bowl. Uh, <laughs> I, I guarantee you McCloskey will be at the East-West Shrine game. Okay, and here's another guy who might be there. Uh, Florida International quarterback James Morgan. Oh, he probably will be there. Yeah. Two for 394 and three total TDs against Louisiana Tech in a losing effort, but he made... Some incredible throws. He, uh, I, I don't know. He's got a pretty impressive arm and some movement skills and just a fun guy to watch overall. Uh, and who doesn't love a weird group of five school quarterback? Yeah, everyone does. Alex Magoo, I'm looking at you. He's way better than Alex Magoo. Whatever happened to the receiver we loved uh, at, at uh, um, Owens, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, Owens from Florida no. International. He was good. He was way Dude, better than Alex He McGee. was. The NFL is just missing out on him. Yeah. I'm telling you, I've been pounding the he table. Was so was the CFL. I'm pretty sure he ended up as like a top 300 prospect for me. So Because he's good. I got to Google but his like, name. I'm pretty sure he, he didn't even get like a training camp tryout. No, no, no. He didn't get anything. I, he wasn't even at the NFL PA Bowl. Damn. Okay. Uh, hey, guys. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Want to increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed? Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color. BlueChew brings... What other blue would it be? BlueChew brings you the first chewable with some FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know it works. You can take them anytime, day or night, on a full stomach or empty. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. If you could benefit from extra function and more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Most guys talk a good game, but Blue Chew helps you follow through. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They've made, they're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code ARMCHAIR. Just pay $5 shipping. 
Again, that's BLUECHU.com. Promo code armchair to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring this podcast. And guess what, guys? It's football season, which means make money by betting money on football games. Do the smart thing. Head over to my bookie this football season. Uh, hey, hedge your bets after kickoff. If you're losing, bet the other side. Hedge it. Everyone's a winner. Or parlay like 10 things. Uh, never want to be the parlay guy, but if you are the parlay guy, you should talk about it a lot. So, do it. But, best of all, if you join my bookie now, they'll double your first deposit if you use the promo code CHAIR. And, yeah, just visit mybookie.ag today. Wow, I'm off my ad game. Uh, you play, you win, you get paid, my bookie. Okay, time for uh, AJ's sex question of the day. I don't know what I call it. Uh, look, we know with Blue Chew, there's no uh, awkward in-pharmacy visits. But, Rob, have you ever had an uh, awkward sex shop experience I have see look I know Aren't the questions they all awkward asked. though they are what's your story Rob uh, when I was in uh, university we moved mm-hmm. into a house a, a home mm-hmm. we made our house a home and uh, there's a sex shop nearby so me and my roommates headed on in it was super strange and really uncomfortable felt dirty but I'm not one to judge uh, I was definitely the most awkward about it, and probably it wasn't as awkward as I thought it was, but I couldn't, like, look the people who worked there in the eyes. So, <laughs> that's me. Were there any purchases made, Rob? Not by me. Um, I don't think by anybody. We were asking a lot of questions, though. This is our whole... Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, okay, I do have reporting on Thomas Owens, by the Thank way. Thank you. The Florida International uh, first of all, Stud. Thomas Owens, yeah. He is, I don't know if he's still on the team, but he was on the Massachusetts Pirates. Do I know what league they compete in? No, but he's listed on the roster. I got to assume he's the best receiver in the league. Look, uh, Thomas, come up to Canada. Uh, we'll house you. We'll, let, we'll get you trial for the Argos. And uh, you're in. You're going to be a superstar. I'm calling it. All right, let's quickly head on into uh, picking our 10 Week 5 matchups. Spreads brought to you by my bookie. Uh, my record on the season is sixteen and fourteen. Not great. AJ, what's yours? I'm twenty and ten. Pretty so good. So bet with AJ at my bookie. Uh, bad slate of games. Like, yeah. I, but I mean, I thought week three was horrible, and then it ended up being really fun. But the problem with week five is like the noon games. Just there's like nothing to watch at noon. Like actually mm-hmm. nothing to watch, and then. Unless you you're really into uh, Ohio State Nebraska, there's really nothing to watch at, at night. It's all three thirty games. It seems like, yeah. Which I mean, that's not a bad thing. That gives you you can spend the morning with your family and the night uh, drinking away your sorrows. So hey, anyway, it's a good Saturday. <laughs> yeah, uh, starting with the ABC noon game, Northwestern uh, going to Madison, taking on number eight Wisconsin. Wisconsin twenty three and a half point favorites coming off a Michigan win. I think I'm keeping it like super simple for all these picks and picking the favorites. I think I'm picking every single favorite. So uh, Northwestern got demolished by Michigan State. I I had the Cats plus the points last week. Uh, Looks stupid there. Me too. And I think the issue was Northwestern's offense is like way worse than normal. Yeah, I I don't see any way Wisconsin doesn't cover this spread. But I'm I feel like I just jinxed it big time. So yeah, now Patty Fisher's gonna like have the greatest game of his career. But yeah. (laughs) 
Patty Fisher got a show, better show up soon, by the way. Hey, he does <clears throat> not look bad or anything. You're just not watching yeah, okay. enough Northwestern football. That's true. That's true. That's uh, true. Yeah, Patty Fisher versus Jonathan Taylor. Fun, uh, fun little matchup to pay attention to. But yeah, I'm going to take Wisconsin uh, to cover for sure. Uh, the second noon game we've got here, ESPN, uh, number 23, Texas A&M, heading, uh, heading to Arkansas, who lost to San Jose State last week. Yeah, uh, A&M is minus 22.5, I think it's already gone up, I'm taking A&M though. Yeah, I mean, Arkansas couldn't beat San Jose State, who's like not even a good, bad, or group of five program. Uh, yeah, no no excuses about David Feltz being there anymore. So again, te- Texas A and M seems like a very overrated team, but yeah, I uh, I think Kellen Mond should be able they to p- pick apart this defense. Um, this is like not a good game at all. No, it's like why is it on television? Because Northwestern Wisconsin's the other option. You know what's weird? Texas Tech Oklahoma, which I find to be the most interesting game. Isn't even being isn't nationally bracket like not even on FS1, not even on like ESPN two or ESPN plus. It's just on nothing. Is it on that weird Big Twelve streaming service that ESPN kept pushing? Maybe, last week? Maybe because it's like it's, it's not on any conference network or anything. It just didn't list a, didn't list a broadcaster. Well, is it Big Twelve now or something? I don't know. maybe. Uh, but hey, if if you're gonna pay attention to this game, might as well take a look at uh, Arkansas running back Rakeem Boyd and tight end Cheyenne O'Grady. Um, oh, it's the Nick Starkle Revenge game. Oh, yeah. Fuck, how do we not think of he that? He threw, like, five interceptions against San Jose State. Um, oh, what's his name? I can't pronounce his name. The A&M interior defensive lineman. Justin Medibuki? Yeah, I, I like Medibuki. He, he was pretty good against he Auburn. Did look, I thought he was the best-looking A&M player against Auburn. He's a guy who's got, I like, agree. all this upside. He just is so raw. Like, he doesn't use his hands very well, yep. but if he starts to put it together, he's definitely a... Uh, potential top 100 guy. Uh, okay, mm-hmm. there's so little mm-hmm. new games. There's only two to talk about uh, nationally. So uh, heading over to 3:30 on ABC. Number one, Clemson heading to Chapel Hill to take on North Carolina. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not overthinking this one. I think the Tigers going in win easy. Uh, the UNC Magic is it over? Uh, what about Sam Howell? My guy. It's, it's, yeah, no, the Howells magic. It's it's over. I'm gonna take Clemson as well. North Carolina doesn't have uh, the defensive players to keep up, but North Carolina uh, does actually have a couple of prospects. Um, maybe this is the game Trevor Lawrence finally starts to look like this guy. Uh, we all thought he was gonna be though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hopefully. I mean, it's it's. I don't know, man. It's just he, he can have his down year this year. It's no big deal. Uh, for, for North Carolina's got a, a, definitely a dude on the defensive line, though, who's got some hype. Jason Strawbridge, defensive tackle. Uh, I know Timon Fox, their edge rushers, had a big, big uh, start of the season. And then, obviously, Miles Doran. They have prospects mm-hmm. on North Carolina. I think they're going to be bowl eligible. I hope, at least. <laughs> like, the ACC is not team. good. It's like, not good. The sec- no, they could the be. The second-best team in the ACC is probably Wake Forest. That's true, yeah. I mean, it's supposed to be Virginia, but they haven't been good like, either. They struggled with uh, Old Dominion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's Wake. Let's go. I think we're big Wake we fans. Just, so. like, we've stumbled into watching like three of four Wake games already this year. See, that's what Wake's, Wake's smart. They're trying to build a fan base. Friday night Wake games. I <laughs> love working. it. Um, but yeah, no, uh, give me Clemson. But I, I do like this North Carolina team. I think they're uh, they're trending, they're trending up. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, That's right. Okay. 3.30, CBS, Ole Miss heading to number two, Alabama. Bama's favored by 34 and a half. Yeah, they're, they're covering it up. Um, uh, I'm not worried about this Did one at all. Did you see how Ole Miss lost to Cal, though? Mm-hmm. It was, it was sick. It was so sick. Matt Corral didn't even know what was going on. <laughs> they just didn't know how to run a QB sneak. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm kinda, I kind of I might watch this game just because I haven't like watched a full Ole Miss game. I kind of want to see Corral and the Rich Route offense. That just doesn't seem to be working out all that well. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this is a good uh, a good tune up <laughs> game for Tua and Alabama for their actual SEC opponents that matter. Um, yep, that's very true. Okay, three thirty NBC. I guess some people could be super hyped for this. Number eighteen Virginia going uh, to take on number ten Notre Dame. Notre Dame favored by eleven. So I mean, Virginia's still number eighteen, but uh, they haven't looked like it. Yeah. I'm going to take Notre Dame minus Like, this game is better for prospects than it is for a college football game, I think. Like, I want to see Bryce Hall yeah. chase Claypool. Uh, yep. I want to see, like, Jordan Mack try to f- cover our new favorite tight end. Uh, what's his name? Cole Komet. Uh, Komet, yeah. There, there's a lot of prospects to watch in this game, but I think Notre Dame should handle them overall. I think so, too. If not, though, look for Bronco Mendenhall to be the new Michigan head coach. What what was that? The, Let's not the, get that was this. just the odds on who will be the next Michigan in the next. What's the other school? Oh, I I already forgot. USC um, or Florida State maybe. Yeah, Florida State. Yeah, yeah but like Mendenhall is such a weird favorite. Yeah. Anyway, but he knows how to coach. So upgrade. <laughs> okay, this is the game I'm most excited for. Three thirty on Fox. Number twenty one USC uh, going to take on number seventeen Washington. I'm super excited for it because we all know I'm Pac-12 football enthusiast, my favorite conference. I haven't even talked about the Wazoo-UCLA game yet. Um, <laughs> what was that? I don't know. I'm still not sure. But this is a big game, especially with the way the Pac-12 is taking shape. Like, Cal's number one in the Pac-12 right now. Yeah, there's no such thing as a big game in the Pac-12 the rest of the season. They're I'm all sorry. big games, you're right. Uh, but, no, this is a big game because we get to see Jacob Eason against a Power 5 school. That uh, has some talent on defense. Uh, that's that's the main reason I'm so excited to see it. 100%. 100%, yeah. Um, but I also just love Pac-12 football. Uh, and, I mean, it's, again, it's not a good week, so it's a, it's a good game for yeah, this week. Yeah, no, definitely. Like, this is the game of the week for me in my uh, my weekly column. So, uh, But, yeah, wow. Washington favored by 10. I'm going to take Washington. I think Jacob Eason kind of goes off and puts the, the, the nail in the coffin of the USC being ranked. <laughs> Puts the baby to bed. Uh, the 10 scares me a little bit. I don't fully trust Washington yet, uh, but I'm taking them. And I, I hope it's a Jacob Eason game, too, Rob. I agree with you. Uh, and then the final 330 game on ESPN Iowa State, two and a half, favorite, two and a half point favorites going to Baylor. Yeah. Uh, Do you see what Brock Birdie did last week, Rob? Went Brock off. Brock Birdie's I'm actually the, good. He like, might be. Like, if you're going to your head, who's the third best team in the Big 12? I, I don't know. It's, uh, bad, I, I guess I, I trust State. Matt Campbell. Uh, maybe Oklahoma State, but I trust Matt Campbell. Me so. too. Ba- but I'm, I'm taking the Cyclones to cover. Yeah, I don't know. I never liked Baylor for hey, reasons. This, um, is a, this is a matchup of two head coaches with lots of hype, Matt Campbell and Matt Rule. Mm-hmm, that's very true. But, yeah, I'm going to take Iowa State. Although Brewer's not a bad quarterback for Baylor, and they got Denzel Mims. Um I think like Brewer's interesting. Iowa State's yeah. defense, though, is the difference maker. It's one of the best in the Big Twelve. Brock Purdy's finally starting to heat up. 
And you just trust Matt Campbell. Exactly. Uh, okay, 7 p.m. on ESPN. Mississippi State yeah. taking on number 7 Auburn. Auburn 10.5 point favorites. Bo Nix took down AM, but again, did not look that great. Um, I don't know. I'm not a Bo Nix guy. Uh, no, he didn't look good. But I'm still taking the Auburn, Auburn to cover the ten. Yeah, I'm not too worried yeah. about this one. Uh, man, these games all freaking suck. They do. They, they're bad. Um, it'd, be seen, it'd be nice to see Brown go off. and. Uh, Kyle yeah, Hill, Mississippi know, State, the running back's pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, Cam yeah. Dantzler, their uh, corner. This just seems like a game where it's like Auburn's going to win like 20-3. to three, And it'll be really boring. Yeah, probably. Uh, okay, <laughs> the ESPN game day game, baby. 7.30 p.m. on ABC. Number five, Ohio State, 17-point favorites in Lincoln, taking on Nebraska. Do the Huskers finally awaken and become the beast that many project them to be, Rob? Yeah, no, they did last week when they pulled off that win against Illinois in Champaign. It's it's, it's always tough to win in Champaign. Um, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm not overthinking this one. Uh, I think Nebraska is fraudulent at best. I'm taking Ohio State to cover. I'm also taking Ohio State to cover, but I think it's going to be a good test to understand how good this Ohio State team is. Like, I I have no doubt in my mind that they'll cover, but if they give a true beatdown where Justin Fields is still putting up insane numbers and Chase Young's unblockable, then we're really going to start believing in this team as a college football playoff uh, team. Yeah, no, for sure. That's a good point. Like, obviously, they've been housing bad... Teams, teams yeah. like, but seeing them do it against Nebraska, who I mean, they're not as good as what some thought, but like Adrian Martinez is still one of the more exciting college football quarterbacks. I mean, I mean, Lincoln's gonna be rocking for this game. It's gonna be a tough environment. Like, to be the the sea of red. Yeah, Indiana uh, gave yeah. Ohio State a little bit of trouble for like a quarter. <laughs> yeah, they did. So uh, no, I'm excited. I'm excited That's, to see uh, how. How good field is against a potential bowl-eligible team. Um, anyway, if you're willing to stay up late enough, and you should based on last week's Pac-12 After Dark, on ESPN at 10.30 p.m., UCLA heading to Tucson to take on Arizona. Zona 7.5-point favorites. UCLA coming off the strangest and most exciting <laughs> victory of all time. They were down... What was it? Forty nine seventeen in the third quarter, and came That's back insane. and won sixty seven sixty three. Washington State's quarterback Anthony Gordon, who we failed to mention for anything, yep. threw nine touchdowns and lost. Dorian Thompson Robinson had I think seven total touchdowns. His his best game of his career. No, right? it was not even close. And like not just statistically, it looked. A lot more. Yeah, no, he 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 was getting really fun to watch in the second half. I mean, he was super hyped. On one of his touchdown throws, he ran like fifty yards to the end zone yeah. to celebrate. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I went to bed thinking that my uh, Wazoo minus nineteen and a half pick was uh, locked up. I, yeah, I went to bed when it was forty nine seventeen. Woke up at like four <laughs> four in the morning. Thought it was a fever. And, and like, I, I looked at I looked at the score and I was like, what the fuck. And I got so confused, I couldn't comprehend it. And then, like, I just went back to sleep, and I woke up in the morning, and I was like, this is real, and then I watched it. <laughs> I watched, like, what I didn't watch, and damn, a lot of fun. But, yeah, what, what are we thinking? Is UCLA uh, 
start the win winning trend and uh, beat Zona I, into I Zona? Know. No, I I think the one thing we know about the Pac-12 is that like whatever you think you think you thinking wrong. Trademark that. Um, so if you think UCLA is going to put this together and bounce and like keep keep the motor going, you're wrong. Arizona's going to come out and pummel them. Yeah, like now UCLA is going to lose out and Washington State's going to win out and Washington State's going to win the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. That's how the, how this Pac-12 thing goes. But yeah, I'm going to also take Arizona. Um, although Khalil Tate, Dorian Thompson, Robinson, that's a fun athletic quarterback fun. matchup. I, I hope DTR keeps it going. Me too. He looked to like. Lots of potential there. Lots of athleticism. Lots of fun. Uh, I know. We, have, we have too much invested. In all it. right. So here's to next week's episode where we're, I don't know, talking about just Chase Young and what he did to Nebraska the entire time because nothing else will be relevant. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, follow AJ on Twitter at AJMarchese13. Follow me at RobPaulNFL. Go to armchairmedianetwork.com. Listen to our NFL podcast, Wrestling the Starters or read my NFL draft columns or rookie power rankings, and head on over to profootballnetwork.com where I cover the AFC South. Uh, That'll do it. That's all, folks.